You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. This morning we have Anna Gerhauser, Pastor Anna. She co-pastors with me, if you don't know. Uh, she's my co-pilot. <laughs> and she's going to be sharing the message again, so I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say. Uh, I haven't read her notes. I've just read the title, and it's a very interesting title. <laughs> so I'm just going to, if we can all stand, I'm going to lead in... Uh, an action prayer. So if we can all stand, and then I'm going to pass it over to Anna to begin. Put your, if you can put your hands on your hearts, please. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. And Father, bless Anna with words of life this morning. And let, let us be transformed. Let this not be religion, but real life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to pray again. <laughs> not because his prayers weren't good enough. They were. <laughs> but I need it. Thank you, Lord. Um, Father, I just come before you, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for your love this morning. Father, I thank you that you love to use us in our weakness, Lord, when we just yield to you, Lord. And so, Father, I just pray that I would not speak in my own strength, in my own power, but Holy Spirit, that you would flow through me this morning. Lord, I need you. Lord, I pray for all of us to hear your voice, that all of us would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, yeah, so the title of today's message is Spit and Dirt. All the kids are like, yes, this is my time. This is my service. <laughs> Whenever I say spit, kids, you're welcome to spit on the ground in front of your parents just to demonstrate the message. So you have to listen for the key word. Just joking. All right. No, <laughs> no, no, it's not clean up. It was just made away. <laughs> um, as, um, as I shared last week, what the messages that I've been sharing is just things that the Lord's been speaking to me um, in my own time with him. And um, I felt like it was a word that the Lord wanted to, to share with this church as well. And I, I was in John, as I, as I shared last week, I was just taking time to look at who Jesus is. And Jesus, the more I look at who he is and how he deals with people, the more I'm amazed at his, at his character, at who he is. He's just awesome. And so we're going to start in John chapter 9 this morning. 
in verse 1. It says, As Jesus passed by, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him or the power of God might be displayed in him. We, might, we must carry out the works of him who sent me as long as it, is, as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spit on the ground and made mud from the saliva and applied the mud to his eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he left and washed and came back seeing. So Jesus meets this man who's blind. And when he meets him, he spits on the ground. So he spits. Listening, kids? Who's, no, no one's doing it? Okay. So he spits on the ground, on the dirt, and he bends down and he mixes it up and he scoops it up on his hand. And the, you can imagine being the blind man. He is, you know, oh. What's happening? And then Jesus mixes it up really good in his hand and he grabs it and he sticks it on his eyes. <laughs> and this blind man is thinking, I hope this is not what it, you know, what it sounds like. And he puts it on his eyes and he says, go to the pool of Siloam and wash it off. And he does that and he's healed. So God used spit and dirt to show the power of God and heal this blind man's eyes. And as I shared last week, I can read the Gospels over and over because you can never exhaust the Scripture. You can always go deeper. The Holy Spirit, if you ask the Holy Spirit to show you something new, something fresh, He always serves fresh bread. He never serves you stale bread. And this time I saw something that I'd never seen before. And at the time, just like I was sharing last week, I felt so spent. I felt so weak in every way, emotionally exhausted and physically exhausted. And when I saw this, I saw that it was a prophetic act, what Jesus was doing. And often it's not what Jesus said and what Jesus did um, was just as important as the way that he did it. The way that he did it was just as important as what he said and what he did. And it was a prophetic act. And, it, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And all of a sudden, all these scriptures are coming to my mind. And I wrote, I wrote down here, I am dust. I know it and God knows it. But if just a little bit of Jesus spit mixed with dirt can heal a blind man, God can use me in my weakness. Amen. And I'm like, Lord, I just need a little bit of your spirit. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> and God, you can use me even in my weakness. Amen. God partners with us in our weakness to show his power and light in the world. He knows that we're dust. And here's some scriptures. These scriptures were coming to my mind. The Holy Spirit was reminding me of these scriptures as I was reading this passage. And God will do it. You'll read it. And the more you're in the Word, the Holy Spirit, hey, look at this, because the Scripture will confirm Scripture. And you'll see that God has been saying this the whole time. Amen. 
Psalm 103, verse 13 and 14. And if you want to be really encouraged, if you're feeling weak or you've muffed up and and you want to be encouraged, read Psalm 103 to just to refocus and know God's heart towards you. It says, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear or revere him. For he himself knows our form. He knows what we're made of. He is mindful that we are nothing but dust. Everybody say dust. God knows our frame. He knows that we're weak. Genesis 2.7. I love this scripture. It says, then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground. He breathed, and then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Don't you love that? I'm saying, I'm always praying, God, just come close to me and breathe into me your life again. And the man became a living person or a living soul. Amen. And then, of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, but we have this treasure the Spirit of God in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Does dust have any power? I don't, you know, I don't think Jesus would say, look at this magical dust. Oh, it's glittering. It's beautiful. Look, pick up this dust and throw it in his eyes. We have no power in our own. And just like Glenn shared a couple of weeks back in John, in John 15, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And boy, I know it. Apart from him, I can do nothing. And it wasn't enough just for Jesus to spit on the ground and for the spit just to stay on top of that hard ground. And just he had to get it and he had to mix it up. He had to mix it up so that it became a different form, so that it became something different entirely. And that hard ground or that ground that could be stomped down on or kicked around became soft and malleable. And it was imparted with the very life of God. The DNA of Jesus was in that spit. And when he, spit, when he combined that spit with that dust, that dust was transformed and became one with the DNA, with the nature and the power of God. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) I used to think that it was all up to me to bring in God's presence. Like, oh God, I've got to bring the presence of the Lord. And oh Jesus, and it's such a heavy burden. (laughs) How many, how much did I cry and weep before God? And you know, you're never good enough. Dust, dust can't muster up enough power or enough strength. It can't muster up the Holy Spirit. But God in His mercy and His grace chooses to partner with us. He chooses to be one with us. The only works that Jesus said that He wants us to do is to believe on His Son that He has sent. Amen. And to receive that grace. I love what Glenn was talking about um, a couple of weeks ago, how it takes two. It's a great message. And talking about how God wants to work with us. And uh, he wants us to be yoked with Jesus. And when he was talking about that, I had, and I know a lot of you would have had the same image in your mind, this huge he-man, like 
you know, muscly man with this yoke to this tiny little piddly man just holding on <laughs> and his feet off the ground because the other guy's carrying all the weight. And that's what it is with the Lord. <laughs> and why would an all-powerful God want to partner? Why would that, that he-man want to, you know, be yoked to that guy? Why would an all-powerful God want to partner with weak humans? He wants us to share in his glory because that's the kind of father that he is. Isn't he amazing? We really offer nothing. He just, he just loves to use us because he's such a loving, generous, and encouraging um, father. It's like the Super Bowl was on and the people who win, the team that wins the Super Bowl, they all get a championship ring. It's like the, the head guy, the quarterback, who's the star player on that team, asking you to be a part of their team just so that you can get the ring at the end, even though you really didn't contribute anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> Guess what? You're on the team. This is the day we're winning, and you get a ring. That's like the Father's mercy and grace that he bestows on us. Amen. And now, you know, I, I just, I've learned just to, to rest in him. I know that I'm weak. He knows that I'm weak. Today, I'm weak. <laughs> Today, I'm living out this message. We've had a bit of a rough week, and I was up several times throughout the night. I'm saying, Lord, please just help me to speak. And I'm depending on him. And I know that I can do nothing by myself. But the Father has spoken to me repeatedly. Don't ever doubt that I'm with you. When you feel him, and when you don't feel him, don't ever doubt that I'm with you. If you are surrendered to the Father, you want to glorify him. He is with you. He is committed to you. All his grace is available to you. If God's kingdom was a shop front, the sign wouldn't just say, Almighty God at your service. It would say, Almighty God and sons and daughters. Isn't that awesome? that God includes us in his kingdom in such a way. That shows us the humility of God because he, we, we join in that humility because he is full of humility because he bends down to pick us up. No one likes to be spit on. Has anybody ever been spat on before? Nobody. Today is your first day. Just joking. <laughs> Turn to your neighbour. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's all right. Just joking. Being spit on is, is a humbling thing. And it was, it was an offensive thing. It was offensive too. You know, don't, it's not that, oh, it must have been all right in this culture to spit on people. It wasn't. It was just as offensive back then as, as it is today. But like I said, God's DNA is in that spit. spit to receive his life, to be one with him. We need humility. God uses the humble. He imparts his life to the humble. And we need to know that we need him. James 4 verse 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives his grace, his power to the humble. First Corinthians 
chapter 1, verse 25 to 31. It says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. You know, the spit of Jesus was more powerful than anything that the doctors could offer that man. The spit of Jesus. I'm sure his parents probably went to lots of sages and wise men of of that time and said, you know, can you heal my child? And they couldn't. The spit of Jesus could heal him. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. We often just need to realign our heart and our mind to remember what the kingdom is like and the ways of the kingdom because it's so different, so opposite to the ways of this world. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things If you've ever felt lowly, if you've ever felt despised, God chooses you. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. The spit and the dirt. In Christ Jesus. Because of him. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Because of him, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And that's from a scripture in Jeremiah. As I alluded to before, in that story, we see the humility of Jesus, how he bent down. You know, he didn't go around, I'm Jesus, I'm Jesus, I'll just do this. Jesus was humble and lived a a life that was fully submitted to the Father. He didn't ever just do whatever he felt like at that time. Or I have a good idea. He was always living, submitted and surrendered, yielded to the Father. He knew who he was at the same time. And that's what you you find the more you read about Jesus is that he's an amazing extraordinary mix of humility and confidence and authority at the same time. You know, as you read in Matthew 13, or I think it's um, John 13, as Jesus, you know, washes the disciples' feet, it said he knew where he was from, he knew who, who he was going, and because he knew that, he girded himself with a towel and washed the disciples' feet. So it's not that Jesus, I'm nothing, I'm a worm. That's not true humility, right? Humility is dependence on the Father, knowing that you can do nothing without Him, but at the same time having a confidence that you are one with the Father and that He is fully committed to you and that His life is flowing through you because you were joined to Him. Do you understand? And Jesus, he's, he's amazing. There's no one like him. There's no one, there's no one on earth like him. Full of humility. He'll, he'll bend down and he'll stoop the one that no one else will touch. 
and yet he won't be pushed around when the enemy is telling him to do something. He will stand in his authority as the son of God because he is yielded to the Father. And as we read last week, because of Jesus' humility, he has received authority in Philippians 2. Amen. Jesus bends down. He humbles himself to pick us up. God humbles himself to use us. Humans muff up and God is willing to take that. God is willing to partner with us because he's a humble God. And here's the paradox. Just as Jesus lifted up the mud that he'd made, he spat and he mixed it up and he lifted it up. God lifts up the humble. Those who will accept the dealings of God and have his character worked into their life. God will lift you up. He will give you that authority. James 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. So we've talked about how we need to have humility for God to use us, to know that we need him, that we can do nothing apart from him. We've seen that story again, the humility of Jesus. And now I want to talk about the humility of the blind man. As I said before, it was humbling to have saliva and dirt put on his eyes. (laughs) How bad do you want to be healed? (laughs) But because he received it and he listened to Jesus, the blind man received a miracle. If he was proud, he may have said, Whoa, can you please just lay your hands on me like I heard you do? What do you have to do it this way? Lay your hands directly on my eyes and skip the dirt and saliva part, please. Right? We also need humility to receive God's miracles and God's life and God's words. Did you hear that? We need humility to receive. Because God's going to send a vessel made of clay to impart life to you, to minister life to you. Do you have the humility to receive that form of dust mixed with the life of God? To receive God's miracle? In fact, God purposely uses humble packages so that only the humble will receive him. And we see that even in Jesus' life. He was born in a manger. Jesus entered Jerusalem not on a stallion, not with troops in front of him, but on a donkey. Jesus was the Lamb of God crucified on the cross. And we would rather have God directly minister to us than do it through people. But that's not the way of the kingdom, right? Like, why did you have to get him to tell me that, Lord? (laughs) But here's the thing. God won't allow anybody to have a full revelation of who he is. For us, we'd all be full of pride, wouldn't we? (laughs) And in Ephesians 3, verse 18, it talks about us growing in the knowledge of his love together. And that's God's ways. I don't have a full revelation of God. You don't. But I need to hear what God's shown you, Emma. I need to hear what God's shown Gideon and Fran and Anne and Donna. I need to hear from you. And that's why we're a body. And God's called us to be part of his body. He's called this dust to be part of his living, life-filled body. 
we need to be humble to receive the treasure that God has put in each of us. I've got some great news to share with you too, that dust, how you feel, if you feel tired, if you feel lonely, dust cannot stop the power of God through working through your life. Your humanity, your weakness cannot, your physical and emotional weakness cannot limit God's power from flowing through your life. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Your physical and emotional weakness cannot stop the power of God. In fact, He loves to use you when you're physically and emotionally weak because then He gets all the glory. He loves it. That's that's what God specializes in. He'll probably want to use you more actually. Jesus was fully God and fully man. In his body, he experienced everything that we do. He experienced tiredness, disappointment, anguish, sorrow, pain. And yet he continued yielding to the Father, living to please him and obeying him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tiredness can't stop God's power. Who feels tired this morning? Got good news. Tiredness cannot stop the power of God from flowing into you and flowing through your life. Amen. After a long journey, we read in John 4 that Jesus, it says, the scripture says, after a long journey, Jesus was tired. So he sat at a well. He was hungry and thirsty. This is normal everyday life. This might be you when you're going to a restaurant. You're tired and you're thirsty and you're hungry. Are you yielding to God in that moment? He yielded to the Father's plan and spoke to the Samaritan woman. He's like, he wasn't like, oh boy, am I tired. I'm not speaking to that woman. Firstly, it would look really bad. Secondly, I'm just really tired. God, I need a moment. Now, I need to remind you though that God is not a hard taskmaster. If we yield to him, if we let him lead us, he knows when you need a rest, all right? There's times when he'll say, you just need to rest. Come come to me, let me refresh you. He's not a hard taskmaster. But I tell you what, if you yield to him when you're tired, say, God, I'm, I just want, Lord, use me. Fill me with your spirit, even though I'm tired, Lord, I yield to you. I just want to do whatever you want. God will refresh you. He will invigorate you. You went through because of Jesus, because of what he did, just yielding to the Father in that moment and speaking what the Father was speaking to him, to that woman. When he was tired and hungry and thirsty, a whole village came to know Jesus. Isn't that awesome? And Jesus was tired. (laughs) Nothing can stop the power of God. Dust cannot stop. Tiredness cannot stop God's power. The other thing I want to share with you is that sorrow and grief cannot stop God using you. Sorrow and grief. Jesus was grieving the death of his cousin John the Baptist. But when he saw the crowds of people, the scripture said he was filled with compassion And then we see the the amazing miracle of feeding of the 5,000. Jesus was grieving for his cousin who had just died. 
When Jesus finally went to Bethany after Martha and Mary had sent word that Lazarus was dying, he was met with all these people wailing and crying. These were people who were really dear to his heart, that Jesus felt a real affection towards. And when he met them, he, he was he was late because the Father led him to be late. And you go in there knowing that they are fully disappointed with you, 100% disappointed with you. Mary could hardly get herself to come out to Jesus and say, why weren't you here earlier? If only you'd come here earlier, he would be alive. But you weren't here, were you? You weren't here when we needed you. And he was met with that and he was fully human. He had this dust that we're made of too and he was fully God and he was yielded to the Father. And he felt that, he felt that, he was affected by that and he was weeping. And imagine these people that are so dear to your heart, they are so full of grief, so full of hurt. They think you've, you've disappointed them in every way. And yet in that environment, Jesus still yielded to the Father and he raised Lazarus from the dead. Amen. In that environment, Sorrow and grief cannot stop the power of God. Isn't that awesome? The next one I want to tell you is that sickness won't stop God from using you. Amen? We, we hear in, in 1 Timothy that Paul's talking to Timothy about his frequent illnesses. But Timothy keeps preaching the word in season and out of season, even though he's struggling illness. And we know people um, who are battling illness, people like Diane, people like Glenn. There's lots of, there's, I know a lot of people are struggling with illness and we are believing for healing. But you don't need to wait till you're healed for God to use you because sickness doesn't stop the power of God. It just makes me more dependent on him. Amen. And we've seen that with Diane, you know, she's, she's often feeling extremely weak and yet she'll go out with Daniel around Australia telling people about the love of God. And God gives them power and strength to do that because they yield to him. You guys see Glenn get up here and preach, but I see the daily struggles and he receives strength from the Lord every day because he keeps coming to him and receiving grace to do what God's called him to do. Even my mum on the phone, and she's been, uh, they've given her a really bad diagnosis over her with her memory and everything. And she's in extreme pain with her back. And I was just sharing something with her over the, over the phone, and she's encouraging me and she's praying. And I said to her, You still got it, mum. <laughs> you still got it. You know, it doesn't matter what you're facing in your body, it cannot stop God from using you. Amen. If we only yield in our weakness to him. Amen. And then, a t boy, that, that so encourages you. Doesn't it encourage you when you see God, God answering you, when he gives the grace that he promises to give to the humble, to those who are dependent on him, and you knew how weak you feel, and then God does something amazing because you yielded, right? Here's another one. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have a five-year plan. You don't have to know or understand every single scripture in the Bible for God to use you. 
Hebrews 11, 8 says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as, as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He obeyed God even though he didn't know where he was going. He didn't have the full picture, but he was joined to the person who does have the full picture. Amen? Obey the word God has given you. Even though you don't have everything worked out or fully understand it, obey one step at a time, one day at a time. You don't need to have a five-year plan, but you can fully trust the one who gave you the word, the one who is leading you. His plans for you are good, and his thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. You know, when we get into that trap of, I have to fully understand everything, or I have to fully understand every, every single detail. I don't understand the scripture. It's okay not to understand sometimes. That's why a lot of the times it's okay to understand because he is God. He is infinite. He is ever-expanding. And I have a teeny tiny brain, right? And I'm continually asking, Lord, give me understanding. We can only understand through the Holy Spirit. And I'm continually asking, Lord, give me understanding. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see, expand my understanding to receive you. But to think, oh, I understand everything. Yes, I know all the depths. Yes, I know the chronological. I can hardly talk. You know I need the Lord. All right. The times of the, you know, of the ages, I see everything. It's to put yourself on the same you know, pedestal as God. And we are far, far beneath him. I don't understand everything, but you don't need to understand all the ins and outs to obey. Obey the word that God has given you. You don't even know to know how he's going to do it. Just just step out in faith and he'll lead you one step at a time. John the Baptist said, I did not know him. This is in John chapter 133. And this is John the Baptist who Jesus said he's the greatest prophet that have ever lived. And he said, I did not know him. He's talking about Jesus. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And again in John chapter 1, verse 31, he says again, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. John didn't have the whole picture. He Maybe he knew, I don't know if he even met Jesus. It seemed he didn't even recognize him. <laughs> he didn't know who the Messiah was just to look at him. But he knew what the Father had told him. Hold on to the words that God has given you and obey them. Amen. You don't have to fully understand all the ins and outs for you to obey him. Just trust that he's good. Prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and David didn't fully comprehend what they were prophesying. I don't think even Psalm 22 and other Psalms that David wrote, hang on, that's Jesus, the Messiah. I don't think he did that when he wrote that that Psalm. I don't think he fully understood everything that he was writing. But But he still wrote it and he still gave it to the priest to sing. We're still reading about it this day. And the understanding came later. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 
verses 9, 10 and 12. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. The important thing to remember is that we follow a God who fully knows us. We will spend eternity knowing him. He is so much deeper and more vast than the ocean. He is like the universe that is ever expanding. So as we've just seen, we've seen that tiredness cannot stop God's power. Sorrow and grief cannot stop God using you. Sickness won't stop God from using you. Not knowing all the answers won't stop God from using you. But the only thing that will stop God from using you is pride and and an unyielded heart. The only thing that will stop God from using you are pride things, are pride and an unyielded heart. God is looking for people who are yielded. When Jesus mixed up that dirt with the saliva, then he picked it up and he put it in his hands. And God is saying, will you stay in my hands? Will you stay in my hands and let me do whatever I want with you so I can use you to show my power in the earth? God can use a person who is yielded and surrendered, who has given up control and will listen to his leading. People who will allow him to pick them up and infuse them with his life. People who will live to obey him. Unyielded dust is useless. It just stays on the ground. I don't want to be like that. We don't want to jump out of Jesus' hands either. We want to live yielded every day. God uses us in our humanity knowing that we are dust. But when that dust is joined to God, yielded in his hands, filled with his spirit, willing to go where he sends, is formed, is changed, and it displays the works of God. So how do we get there? How do we get there from just looking at our weaknesses and being overwhelmed with how we feel and our tiredness and the weakness of our body? And, and just uh, for those online and, and for those who don't know me that well, when I'm talking about weakness, I'm talking about your physical and emotional weakness of your body, I'm not talking about weakness as a deliberate sin that you continue in because God will not. That's pride and that's an unyielded heart and God can't use that. But when we live in repentance, that's a different story. So how do we get to that place where we're one with God's spirit and where he can use us? We need to give our weakness to God. Ask him to fill you with his spirit. And if just that little bit of Jesus' spit can transform that, that dust, that dirt, and God can use it to heal that blind man, imagine what God will do when you ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Amen? And God promises that that is a prayer he will always answer. And when the Scripture says, be filled with the Spirit, the sense is that is a continual infilling of the Holy Spirit. So I ask every day 
throughout the day, fill me, Holy Spirit. And I found myself praying, praying lately, Lord, infuse my thoughts. Holy Spirit, infuse my thoughts. Permeate my emotions, Holy Spirit. Permeate my body, Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? In Romans eight twenty six, it says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So we need to give our weakness to God. Ask Him to fill you with His Spirit, and live a life of obedience. Say, Jesus, I will do whatever you want me to do. We need to continually come to that place of yielding and then trust Him. Trust Him. Give your weakness to God. Ask Him to fill you with the Spirit. Obey Him and trust Him. You need to know that when you're yoked with Jesus, He's bearing all the weight and He is with you. You need to know that He is with you. Just like the Lord said to me over and over, don't ever doubt that I am with you. When you yield to him, God's grace is directed to you, (laughs) right towards you. Amen. If the Father sends you, he will be with you. We're just going to finish up. It's probably a shorter sermon than I anticipated. You're going, yay. But we're going to finish up with this verse this passage of scripture that I know you all know, but I pray it encourages you that the Lord wants to, to use you right where you're at, well, no matter what you're facing. And that it's a lie from the enemy to think that you have to wait till you're feeling stronger, till you're feeling better, till you're feeling happier, till everything's quiet at home, you know, till all your situation around you is not stormy anymore. God wants to come right in the middle of that and use you. <laughs> I love who he is. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. But he said to me, this is Paul speaking, and the Lord is saying to you this morning, my grace, God's power, his and his character. It's a powerful thing, grace. It's not a mamby-pamby word. It's his the essence of who he is, himself given to us. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Thank you, Father. I'm just going to pray, and then if Glenn has anything on his heart. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to do, let's do that as I pray. We're going to give our weakness to the Lord right now, and we're going to ask God to fill us with His Spirit. I'm also going to ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of words that He's given you that you thought, oh, yes, I'll do that when, when I'm feeling stronger, when, I'm, when I have a fuller understanding of the Scriptures, when this person's nice to me. 
We need to have a yielded heart. Amen. So, Father, we just come to you right now. I just, I thank you, Lord. Lord, you know how weak my, my flesh is this morning. I just thank you for speaking that word to me and through me this morning. I thank you for your power that nothing can stop your power, not our feelings, not anything. So, Lord, I just ask you to come this morning. Lord, I ask you to, to remind each one of the call of God on their life, Lord. Lord, that you've chosen us. You don't leave us in the dust. Lord, you've chosen us and you've called us your sons and daughters. You've called us to be your servants and your co-workers, Lord, so that we can partake in your glory. Lord, remind us of the words that you've spoken, the promises that you've spoken to us. And Lord, this morning, we just give our weakness to you. We give our frailty to you, Lord. We've our tiredness to you, our sickness to you, Lord, even our pain. Lord, the difficulties in family relationships, Lord, we just give those to you, Father. And Lord, I ask you to fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill us. Lord, permeate our thoughts. Permeate our emotions, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Lord, we just want to yield to you. Jesus, we just want to be people that you can count on to be faithful, that will do whatever you want us to do, wherever we're at. And Lord, we want to say to you, Lord, we want to obey you. Give us your strength and your power to obey you, Lord, as we yield to you. Thank you, that you for the work that you're doing right now in people's hearts, Lord. And Lord, where our hearts have become hard, Lord, I just pray that you would soften them. That you'd humble us, Lord. It's a good thing when you humble us, Lord. I'm so thankful for the work that you've done in me and you're still doing. Lord, I, I would hate to be the person that I was before I went through stuff. I'm so thankful even for the difficulties, Lord, because you've changed me and you made me dependent on you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray for a spirit of faith, Lord, that as we seek you, we know more of who you are, that, that you would give each person here grace to trust you, that you are with them in every situation that when they step out in faith to obey you, that you are backing them up 100%, that your spirit is in them, that you are one with them, that we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask most of all that in our lives, Lord, that you would be glorified. Lord, we thank you that you want to share your glory with us, but Father, our cry is be glorified in our lives, Lord. Be glorified in your church and your body, not just a, a few lives. Lord, you want everyone to shine out your glory, Lord. All of your children to shine your glory. Father, be glorified through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. If we can, if we can all stand, please. And Anna, do you mind playing lightly on that? And amen to the word. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear a hallelujah? I just want us to spend a few moments doing what 
Anna was talking about, and that is yielding to the Lord. So the altar is open here. The altar is open here, and if...